Hello, hi, I'm Zanzi, and welcome back to the Health from Zanzi podcast, episode 113. Proudly brought to you by Health from Zanzi. I'm your host, Joe, and I'm so excited to walk this health and wellness journey with you. Remember, nothing is off limits. October is known as Breast Cancer Awareness Month in South Africa, where non-profit organizations, civil society and the public sector put out the challenge to get regular checkups. This is exactly the case for 33-year-old breast cancer survivor Ntabi Senkwahube, who in 2018 spontaneously went for a checkup at a local pharmacy and soon learned the news that there were in fact multiple lumps that were cancerous. Let's get into the story. Hi then, Tabi Singh. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Thank you so much for availing yourself. And before we get into the thick of things and into your experience around surviving breast cancer, can you please share more about yourself and what it is that you do? I am a 33-year-old. I am currently staying in Johannesburg. I stay with my husband and my almost two-year-old daughter. I am in the IT field (laughs) and I am currently a business analyst. A lot happening. You are busy and a mover and shaker. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. So, Ntabi Singh, taking a couple of steps back to finding out about your diagnosis and if you could be specific, can you tell us about how you found out and just everything that kind of transpired after that. Just to also take you back before how I found out. So I felt a lump in my breast. It This was okay. in January 2018. And I was a 28-year-old. I ignored it because as much as it did cross my mind, could this be cancer? But something in me was like, it cannot be. I'm only 28. I have no family history. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you like, Also, looking at your skin color, it doesn't affect certain people of a specific skin color. So I also did some research on Google and it literally confirmed or validated my feelings that it could be something else. Now, moving over to around June, July. So I've literally stayed with this growing lump and I ignored it. And by chance, I was going to a pharmacy. As I'm stepping out of the pharmacy, I come across a breast clinic. Then out of curiosity, I just decided to walk in and just ask, what are the processes of getting a mammogram at this age? And then I was told, I'm too young for a mammogram. Do I have any concerns? Then I told them, yes, I've got a lap. Haven't seen a doctor or anything, but I'd like to just check it out. It's growing and I don't know what's going on. So I was booked in for a ultrasound. I came in, did the ultrasound, found many other lumps in my breasts and I was told that it does look kind of sketchy. We might need to do a biopsy. Even during then, I was so positive that let's just go ahead and do this. Like it can never be me. Like there's this thing that says it can never be me. Did the biopsy. And then I think when the doctor then told me, I need you to come in so that we can discuss your results. That's when the anxiety kicked in. Why is she calling me in? Why can't she just Mm -hmm. email me? Why can it not be a telephone? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I think that's when something literally came to me and then obviously went in and then she told me, I've got bad news. You have breast cancer. At that moment, Joe, literally, I feel like the world just shut off. I couldn't even hear what she said after. 
I was never educated about breast cancer or cancer, even the cancer community. I had yeah. no idea. The moment usually you hear the word cancer, the first thing you think of is, okay, this is it. My life is ending at this tender age of 28. Is Like, is this where I am now? And then she obviously explained a bit to say I would need to do further tests and just to obviously um, see the prognosis. But she also gave me some sort of assurance that it is treatable. She also mentioned things of I need to have my eggs stored and you know and then that's also when it got me one because I have no kids I want to have kids one day and now I'm being told you need to take your eggs have them kept so that you can have kids one day to be honest it was a very emotional day and the morning I was supposed to actually go to the office afterwards I didn't even go I just felt that was information yeah. overload at the time and I think a lot of processing needed to happen after that exactly be saying, I think you touched on two very important aspects, you know, just that aspect of age. I'm too young for this. And it yeah. also being part of a, like a specific culture. So you, it, it kind of just goes over your head. You're like, oh, you know what? It's not in my family. It's not in my cultural makeup. I'm not going to pay attention to this. And then you get confronted with your worst fears, if I could put it that way. That is correct. And before I did the biopsy, actually, when I did the ultrasound, I told my mom to say, oh, by the way, I'm just getting checked out. And my mom was also saying, yeah, I've also got a few lumps here and there in the mammogram. It's nothing that you should worry about. So when I told her that I need to do this biopsy, part of her was like, you know how doctors can be. They will just yeah. let you know that you just need to do further tests because it could be them, you know, getting an income from it. So don't take it too seriously. But then part of me was like, I get you and I know that I might not have this or I should not. But part of me was like, let me just, peace of mind, let me just go get tested. Because she obviously would not ever think that this would ever happen to her daughter. Yeah. So from that moment on in Tabi saying, because obviously some people choose not to go for chemotherapy and all of that. What was mm -hmm. the journey then and what sort of readjustments happened to life as you knew it? Because I was currently in Johannesburg, I was based in Johannesburg. My mom is based in Cape Town. So the first thing I did was just book a flight home. So that was the first <laughs> thing that happened. Yeah. So that I can just, you know, try to figure out what's next. Because as much as this doctor that diagnosed me was based in Johannesburg, I remember when I had to do another mammogram just to check. And then this lady asked me, so who's going to take care of you? What's going to happen? And I said, I do not know, you know. Yeah, I don't know what to expect or what's coming. So basically after that, we then sought to seek assistance from an oncologist who then obviously did your whole CT scan just to check, you know, how it has progressed and then provided obviously with the treatment plan of chemotherapy, surgery and radiology. Through that, then it was quite difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's one of those yeah. things that, that you go through and you hope never to go through again because as much as I had the cancer, at that moment, like, I wasn't feeling sick. I was okay. But what actually makes you sick? Therapy, you are literally, you feel lifeless. You cannot do anything. You have no energy. And on top of that, because they had to preserve my eggs, I couldn't afford to obviously have my eggs taken out and stored because I did not budget for this to happen. So I was just given a specific injection to literally put me into menopause somehow to help protect my eggs somehow because chemotherapy attacks each and every cell in your body she also your eggs as well 
So I was having heart flashes. I was going through the most. I was in pain. Every day I was sick in bed for like a week straight, no eating. So that was quite a difficult time. But you just try to lean on the positives through that as much as it was difficult. And so I'll be saying, I think my mouth is open while I'm listening to you because that's just so much pressure on one body. And two things you mentioned that I want to touch on about you didn't budget for that. So you are dealing with an emotional impact of what you're going through and an actual physical impact on your body. But lest we forget, financial impact can also be quite traumatizing. How did you navigate that? Was there some sort of assistance, someone sitting you down and saying, this is kind of the payment plan going forward? How did that all happen? So initially, I think also because I wasn't really educated about the cancer journey or even anything that has to do with treatment. At first, yeah. I remember me and my mom were just saying, you know what, as much as I've got medical aid, I don't even know if I'm medical aid or cover all of this. Let's, you know, go to a public hospital and find out information. But then we couldn't get an appointment at this public hospital. So we just decided to go to a hospital. So what I did, I actually just went into my medical aid and looked for a hospital that my medical aid covers. And then from there, I made an appointment, brought all my documents from the doctor that diagnosed me. And then I was told that, okay, everything will be done via medical aid and I will okay. risk an oncology benefit. But as much as there was an oncology benefit, because some doctors charge a bit more above what the medical aid can obviously pay for, there were some co-payments, there were some payments that I basically had to do, but I was lucky enough that the medical aid literally paid, I could say, 90% of the whole treatment. Also with regards to surgery as well, I was lucky enough that the plan that I was on, some doctors have some sort of arrangements with medical aids to be paid a specific amount because I didn't even have gap cover. Someone that I met there, her medical aid didn't cover anything and luckily she had gap cover to cover that. I did not have any gap cover. So I was literally praying that my medical aid can be able to cover everything. So surgery, luckily everything was covered. The other thing, though, is that remember, I'm staying in Joburg. I was staying alone. I have an yeah. apartment. I have a vehicle. I couldn't just up and pack and leave and go to Cape Town because I still needed to come back and work. And at that time, I wasn't even too sure whether would I be still working or not working at all. How long was that leave of absence possibly from work for you? It was around 11 months, almost 12 months, yeah. So because of that, in terms of salary, I was only able to get 70% of my salary and certain things still needed to be paid. So that was where it became quite difficult because I wasn't working, so I couldn't get my full salary during that time. Just so much pressure on every aspect of your life, emotional, physical, and financial. What were the strong pillars that you relied on in this time? I know you mentioned your mom, but I'm sure there were certain things that just carried you through this time when days looked a bit overwhelming, where the pain seemed unbearable. What were those support systems for you? So for me, my support system, number one, was my mom. She was literally, every time I had to go for chemotherapy, she would literally book that day off so that she could take me to hospital, sit with me for all those hours and literally take care of me. Another thing that held me throughout is my faith, my faith in God. And I think just letting go and letting God, because I think I'm one person who's quite very anxious. 
And when you're anxious, you want to be in control of a lot of things. What helped me during that time is that I was faced with a moment where, unfortunately, there was no control that I would have had. Whether I was going through treatment, I did not have control on whether that I would respond to that treatment. So the only thing I needed to do was literally just place my trust in the Lord and just depend on him to just give me strength to get through this. And I think that helped me just have a better outlook. It helped me become more positive because even people around me, some of them were expecting to find me down or always in a slump. Those moments didn't happen. When I'm in my own space, I would literally cry sometimes and be like, when is this ending? You know, when you're month two, you're just like, yeah, okay, what now? And you don't even know whether things are even getting better or what your actual prognosis will be after getting treatment. But I think there is just this important word that says a joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And I think just having that positive outlook and also just finding the positivity in little things, small things when the doctor says your blood results came back while you can go for chemo, let's say the next day. For me, I celebrated that. It's not long enough to be celebrated, but for me, it was just something. Small wins, yes. I would hold on to that to say, I'm in a better space. Um, I can get more treatment, which means I'm going forward. That is absolutely amazing. I feel I'm not having a discussion, but it's like I'm listening to a testimonial because I mean, it's just to come out of that and, and to hear you speaking about it with so much strength. I'm like, wow. And you're so super young. For the ladies in Tabi saying that are currently in this journey that you've been on or for a mother that's supporting a daughter, a friend, a loved one that's going through this journey. What are some of the lessons that you would like to share with them? It can even just be a word that helped you during your time and that you would like to inspire them with. I'll repeat what I said earlier in terms of always look at the positivity of whatever you're going through, because you will always tend to appreciate just the little things and Take that time to be grateful for those little things because, you know, when you've got everything and life is just normal, you don't really take time to actually look at the little things. So when you look at those little things, you actually realize even just how great God is. Because now when I think of my journey, and I think that is why I always say I look at the little things. Remember when I said I literally went to that clinic by chance. I did not leave my house saying... I am going out to seek assistance or to go to a doctor. Nothing in me came and said, I need to actually have this checked. It was literally walking by a clinic and I just, something urged me to go in. So now I got to even appreciate that if that day I didn't go to the pharmacy, most probably I would not even be here getting this treatment or having it caught quite early because my cancer was stage 3A. So literally, it could have been any moment where I could have continued ignoring it. But by God's grace, I didn't. But if I didn't, you know, we would have been talking a different story. So I think for me, it's just looking back at those moments of grace and just being grateful that I'm in the journey of getting better. And another thing I'd also say is take care of yourself. Put yourself first, if I may put it like that. One thing about this journey that has taught me is to put myself first, not in a selfish way, but you know that saying that you cannot pour from an empty cup. For me, I was in a situation where literally my cup was dry. I had nothing to pour out from. I really needed to come back and say, you know what, even relook the relationships in your life, relook the people in your life and who is 
actually taking out of your cup and not pouring in your cup. So how about you focus on yourself so that you can be able to be light unto others? Because if I didn't feed myself, you know, with faith, with the word and just being positive, I wouldn't have been able to be a positive light. Even when I walk in the chemo and I say, guys, come on, let's do this. If I did not pour in myself. So pour in yourself and, you know, things will get better. I know right now, it might seem as if you don't know whether you're going, whether you're coming. But as time goes, you'll actually look back and you'll say, wow, I actually survived that. God will never take you through something that he'll never give you the strength to overcome. And I believe that I had to go through what I went through for a reason. There are lessons that I've learned. And look at me five years later, cancer-free. I have a baby girl. I don't even know how that would have happened because I was told my chances are quite slim. God is good. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the Health for Mzansi podcast. For more on our breast cancer awareness chat, check out healthformzanzi.co.za. Now remember, if you are in a medical jam or curious about some health and wellness trends, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za or send a message to 076-132-0454. Yeah, we don't blue tick. So there you have it, gals and guys. Checkups are important and necessary regardless of age or cultural group. And if you are in this journey, we hope that the hope that Ntabi Seng has shared through her story will reach you. Until next time, keep well, stay healthy. Signing out, your girl Joe.